Good morning. It is good to see every one of you. Today's lesson is not going to be as, as meaty as last week's lessons. Brother Jim Deason did a very good job in his lessons last week. He touched on some very difficult subjects, and he did so with very good conviction, in my opinion. Today we're going to look at where do you find your strength? This life is a, is a difficult life sometimes. We have constant struggles, it seems. We need to look at examples in the Bible of where other people found their strength. In particular, we're going to look at one man and where he found his strength this morning. If you will, go ahead and open your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 30, and then just close them. I don't want you to get too far ahead of me. I want you to think about what would happen if you were being pursued by the government. You had assassination attempts on your life. You had to hide in a country that wasn't your own. You had family who were kidnapped. Your friends have turned against you. Just that's enough, right? But then you keep going on down. All your sins are made public. And these are grievous sins. These are sins of adultery and murder. Your own children have committed terrible sins. The sins of rape and murder. One of your sons will eventually lead a revolt against you. And then that same son will die. Those are some... Very, very difficult problems. It, it makes that, uh, that flat tire on the way to work seem not that great. Those are real problems. And such was the life of David. But David has a response to his problems that we can look to and have a good example of what to do in our problems. So in the context of the verses we're going to look at this morning, in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and 1 through 6, David is living in Ziklag. He has fled from King Saul, and he is now aligned with the Philistines. The Philistines were preparing to battle King Saul, and David and his men had gone to join them. But the Philistines did not fully trust David, so they sent him and his men back to Ziklag. So let's go ahead and read 1 Samuel Chapter 30, verses 1 through 5. It says, Now there was a certain... Wrong verse, wrong chapter. Sorry. It says, Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag, and burned it with fire, and had taken captive the women and those who were there. From small to great, they did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Anahoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, 
had been taken captive. If there was a time to be distressed in your life, that is a very good time to be distressed. Your whole family has been taken off. Your women, your children, gone. I can tell you that if my children were kidnapped and my wife was kidnapped, I would be distressed. I would be worried. I would be concerned. Notice the first part of verse 6. Now David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. Not only have you lost your family, but now there is open talk of putting you to death. That adds a little more seriousness to an already serious problem. What does David do? What would you do in that situation? You've already wept so much you have no more strength. Look at the last part of verse 6. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He didn't rely on himself. He didn't rely on others. Where did he go for the source of his strength? He went back to the Lord, to his God. He strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. This is often the first thing that David does whenever he comes into trouble. Or whenever there's a challenge, you hear David say before Goliath, the Lord is with me. I won't be afraid. And he goes out in that battlefield and he slays Goliath. And in future times, David will always come back to the Lord. With the Lord helping him, he was able to deal with all these problems. Think about that list of problems we just had on the board. He survived every one of them. And what are we knowing him as today? A man after God's own heart. Think about that. A man after God's own heart. If they wrote that on your gravestone, that's an accomplishment. There's no doubt in my mind that David loved the Lord. There's also no doubt in my mind that he had his faults. But he looked to the Lord for his strength and for his comfort. Let's look at how David strengthened himself in the Lord. We know that when he came up in trouble, he composed psalms. He would write beautiful poetry to the Lord when he was dealing with problems. While being pursued by Saul, he wrote Psalm 59. Turn over there. And we're going to read verses 1 through 4 and see what David is thinking about while he is being pursued by the king of his country. What does he write? What is his feelings? Notice the very first line of Psalm 59. Rescue me from my enemies, my God. Set me securely on the highway from those who rise up against me. Rescue me from those who practice injustice. And save me from men of bloodshed. For behold, 
they had beset and ambushed for my life. Fierce men attacked me, not for my wrongdoing nor for my sin, Lord. For no guilt of mine, they run and take their stand against me. Stir up yourself to help me and see. I'm, I'm at your hands, Lord. Rescue me. It's up to you. His full faith and trust is in who? It's in God. And then that last line says, stir up yourself to help me. Help me, Lord. That should be our, our battle call all the time. Help me, Lord. And then look at verse, and then look at Psalm 56. He's imprisoned in Gath, and he writes another beautiful psalm. In the first line of this psalm, there's another battle cry of ours. Be gracious to me, God, for a man has trampled upon me. Fighting all day long, he oppresses me. My enemies have trampled upon me all day long, for they are many who fight proudly against me. Be gracious to me, Lord. Look down upon me. Be gracious. That should be a battle cry for us. Be with me, Lord. Help me. And then think about Psalm 3. Psalm 3, he is running from Absalom. His own son is seeking his life. Look at verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 3. Lord, how my enemies have increased. Think about that. Even my own son is my enemy now. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. God's not going to help him. God's not going to save him. But look at verse 3. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory and the one who lifts my head. It's not me. It's you. You are my shield. You are my defense. You are my glory. You are the one who makes me able to do the things that I do. Do we feel that way when we do things, when we get into trouble? Do we look to the Lord as our defense, as our shield? Do we remember that he is the one who makes all of our lives possible? David seems to think so. And think about hiding in the wilderness of Judah. He writes Psalm 63. We're going to get there. Don't turn there yet. We're going to go verse by verse in that passage. But hiding in a land from your king again, and you write another beautiful poem to God. From these psalms, we can see how David strengthened himself in God. He prayed to him. He praised him. He relied on him. God was his strength, not himself. Turn back over to Psalm 56. And we can see that David's going to place his trust in God. Look at verses 3 and 4. And notice there. I, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I have put my trust. I shall not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Go down to verse 9. Then my enemies will turn back on the day when I call. This I know that God is for me. In God, whose word I praise, in the Lord, whose word I praise. In God I have put my trust. I shall not be afraid. What can mankind do to me? 
that, that echoes that, that statement that Jesus makes later. Do not be afraid of the man who can kill the body, but be afraid of the one who can kill your body and put your soul in hell. Who is David really relying on? Who is his trust in? Is it mankind? He has warriors. We know from the Abigail sermon a couple months back, he has warriors. He has men that he can command and go wipe out a whole family if he wants to, or a whole army if he wants to. But he looks to God for his strength. And then look at, back to Psalm 59. And we can see that his determination is to continue to praise in God no matter what. Look at verses 16 and 17. It says, But as for me, I will sing of your strength. Yes, I will joyfully sing of your faithfulness in the morning. For you have been my refuge, my safe place. In a place of refuge on the day of my distress, my strength, I will stream praises to you, for God is my refuge, the God who shows me favor. You are my strength. You are my safe place. You are my refuge. There are times at night when Ansley comes to our bedroom, and we're like, Ansley, what's, what's wrong? Well, I had a nightmare. Well, Ansley, go back to your bed. Well, this is my safe place. That is how David's reaction is to God. All these problems are way more serious than a bad dream. And his reaction is, God, you are my safe place. You are my strength. That should be our reaction when we come up against troubles. Where is our safe place? Where is our strength? It should be in God. Now turn over to Psalm 63. And we can see when David was lonely, how he overcame it. First, by seeking God. Look at verses 1 and 2. It says, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Have you ever seen a plant that's been in a dry drought, hasn't had any water in a while? It desires nothing more than that little bit of rain it's about to get. That should be our take. When we're lonely, when we're sad, God, we should be desiring God. We should be looking to Him. Then look at 3 and 4. He's going to do it by praising and praying to God. That's 3 through 5. But your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. This isn't someone just saying, oh, thank you, God. This is someone shouting it and singing it with a grateful heart toward God. He is really happy to have God on his side. And then he's going to meditate upon the Lord. Look at verse 6. Then I remember you on my bed. I meditate you in the night watches, on you in the night watches, because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. 
We know that a mother bird will cover her youngs with her wings, and they will probably feel the safest that they can. And that's what David is saying here. Under you, Lord, I feel the safest. I feel the calm, because I know you are near me. That, is, that, that should be our attitude. Stay close to God in our praising and our praying. And he will help us be strong. Look at verse 8. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand up holds me. Follow close to God and he will strengthen you. PowerPoint. We see how David found his strength. But what about us? What do we look to today for our strength, for our comfort? Oh, well, do we follow David's example? Do we look to the Lord for our strength and our comfort? Or do we look to our family? Do we look to our friends? Do we look to our physical strength? What do, we, what do we look to? We face many problems as Christians. We face persecution. Maybe not as violent as some other countries, but we are called names. We are called all kinds of things. Legalists. We're called those who would bind everyone to the, to the word of God. Well, yeah, that's what we're supposed to do. The word of God should be the ultimate God. We've lost jobs, probably. In other countries, people are killed or beheaded. They lose their homes. They lose their land. And we should still be seeking God. But how often do we take our problems and try to tackle them by ourselves, leaving God completely out of it? Oh, I can do this by myself. I don't, I don't need the Lord. I can do it all by myself. I have all this strength. I have all this wisdom. I have all this knowledge. I can do it by myself. Is that wise? Is that the thing that we should do? I would tell you that it's probably not. Think about the Israelites. Turn over to Jeremiah, chapter 17, and notice what God says about someone who will look to something else for their strength and for their comfort. Pick it up in verse 5. It says, This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. For he will be like a bush in the desert and will not see prosperity when it comes. But I but will live in stony waste in the wilderness, a land of salt that is not inhabited, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its root by a stream and does not fear when he comes, but its leaves will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. That is kind of the opposite of what David painted a while ago, right? You're going to be that bush who never sees that rain, never sees that prosperity. But if you trust in God, you will see it. Your leaves will never turn anything but green. You'll be planted by the water. 
you will always bear fruit. Now, if you want to see a good example of God's displeasure for trusting in something other than Him, turn over to Isaiah chapter 30. Israel is going to place her trust in something other than God. They're under attack by the Assyrians, and they look to a country they shouldn't have looked for. They look to Egypt. Look at verses 1 and 2 of Isaiah chapter 30. Woe to the rebellious children, declares the Lord, who execute a plan, but not mine, and make an alliance, but not of my spirit, in order to add sin to sin, who proceed down to Egypt, without consulting me, to take refuge in the safety of Pharaoh and seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt. As said earlier in Bible class, we have the full story. We can see it all. But you would think that Israel would look to anywhere else but Egypt for safety. Why would you go there? If you know your history, you know that your people have been oppressed there. You know how you were delivered out of there. That would be the last place I'd want to go. But notice all the things they didn't do. They executed a plan. wasn't God's. They made an alliance, but not with God. And then they took refuge in Pharaoh and not God. But God promises them he's going to frustrate their plans. Look at verse 3. It says, Therefore the safety of Pharaoh will be your shame. And the shelter and the shadow of Egypt, your humiliation. And then turn over to verse 31. And look at verses 1 through 3. It says, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses, and trust in chariots because they are many, and in horsemen because they are very strong. But they do not look to the Holy One of Israel, nor seek the Lord. Yet he is also wise and will bring disaster, and he does not retract his words, but will arise against the house of evildoers and against the help of the workers of injustice. Now the Egyptians are human and not God. And their horses are flesh and not spirit. So the Lord will stretch out his hand, and any helper will stumble, and one who is helped will fall, and all of them will come to end together. You have your trust in the wrong things. Your trust is in the wrong things. You're seeking physical strength instead of spiritual strength. You didn't trust me. You didn't rely on me. You relied on horses, chariots, and Egypt and Pharaoh. You're wrong. You're wrong. That doesn't echo what David wrote in some of those psalms we just read. I'll put my trust in God. What can man can do to me? All God wanted was for Israel to trust in him. Turn back over to Isaiah 30. And look at verses 15 and 16. It says, For this is what the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, has said. In repentance and rest you will be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you are not willing. And you said, No, for we will flee on horses, therefore you shall flee. And we will ride on swift horses, therefore those who pursue you pursue you will also be swift. Yeah, you have fast horses, but the ones who pursue after you are also going to be swift. You are relying on the wrong things. You should have relied on me. You should have looked to me. 
And you're thinking, man, that's, that's a lot of good examples for Israel and all that. But what about us today? Well, look at what James writes in chapter 4. And look at verse 8. It says, Come close to God, and he will come close to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Come close to God, and he will come close to you. And then look at 1 Peter chapter 5 and verses 6 and 7. It says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, having cast all of your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Notice it doesn't say, hey, cast, cast you know, your bills and things like that on him. Cast your flat tires. Cast your job problems. No, it says cast all of your anxieties on him. And why? Because he cares for you. Because he loves you. That's, that's the point. God loves you. If you read the Bible, you should come away with one fact. God loves you. If you don't think so, I'll remind you that he sent his son to die for you. And ladies and gentlemen, the truth of the matter, God doesn't help those who help themselves. God helps those who are fully reliant and committed to him. Look at Proverbs chapter 3. And this is one of my highlighted verses in my Bible. And the first line says it all. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your understanding. And in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Does that mean your path is going to be easy, that your life will be blessed all the time and everything is just going to be smooth? No, it doesn't. It means that you will walk righteously. You will continue to seek after him. That first line that was always, always trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not half-heartedly, not sometimes, not when you think you really need him, but all the time. One thing, for sure, God's going to leave you to deal with them all by yourself. I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen, but when I'm in trouble, I want some help. The first thing I do when I'm in trouble, I say, Carrie, I need help. Because <laughs> normally it's a kid, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty busy at the moment, and I need some help. And I know that's funny, but that should be our attitude toward God. Whenever we come up against something, God, I need help. I need you. Should be our attitude 100% of the time. And then the other thing, it might be time for some discipline. God might give us some discipline in this. Okay, you don't want to rely on me? I'll help you out with that. Make you realize just how reliant you are on me. We need to trust in the Lord. We need to be constantly praising Him, praying to Him. And definitely not forsaking him. And don't forsake your brothers and sisters here. We are all commanded to bear one another's burdens. Your burdens are not my burdens. My burdens are not your burdens. But those burdens are a little bit lighter with some help to help. 
Anybody caught that? Some help to help? Ladies and gentlemen, this, this life is, is hard. But relying on God and relying on your brothers and sisters can make it a little more bearable. Always, always put your trust in God. As we read earlier, what David wrote in verse 8 of Psalm 63, My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. Are we following close to God? That is, our, that is our daily reminder to ourselves. Are we following close to God? Not just Sunday morning when we're taking the Lord's Supper. Should we be reflecting on that? We should be reflecting on that all the time. Are we following close to God? And remember, those who put their trust in God will find strength and deliverance and true happiness. So I ask... Do you trust in the Lord? Or do you trust in yourself or other mankind? Do you trust in the strength of this nation? Do you trust in the wisdom of our politicians and things like that? Or do you trust in God? I would beg you to trust in God. I would beg you to remind me to trust in God. I always like to say whenever I preach a lesson, it's first to trade and you second. This is something I need to hear all the time. Because I am more than capable of forgetting to remember God in all my problems. And taking them on by myself. That is a very dangerous thing for a man. To fill up with pride and say, I got this. I don't need any help. I would bet every one of us have done that. I've got it by myself. I don't need any help. Here's a reminder. You do. And I beg you again to remind me when I get that way. Trey, you need help. You need something. Don't look to yourself. And then think about sin. It's really hard to be in sin and not see it. To just keep digging that hole day after day. And how nice would it be to have someone come by and ask, Hey man, have you, have you asked God about this? Have you talked about it? Have you read some scripture? Do you need some help with it? It helps. Because that hole just gets deeper and deeper day by day. If you're sitting here this morning and you haven't obeyed the gospel, you're just digging deeper. You're just making more and more opportunities for the devil to win. If you know that Christ is the Son of God, Come up here and confess it. Repent of your sins. Be baptized. Walk in newness of life. And throw all of your anxieties and cares upon God because he loves you. I repeat that to you. Because he loves you. And maybe you're sitting in this pew this morning and you've forgotten that. You've forgotten that God loves you. You're dealing with a sin problem and you just keep dealing with it and dealing with it and dealing with it. And you've forgotten that. Don't sit there any longer. This is that reminder. There's help for you. If you are subject to this invitation, come as we stand and sing.